Welcome, friends. Welcome on the Barricades. This is a podcast produced by Eastern European journalists and academics. And I am your host, Maria Cernat. And with me, as usual, the co-host of our podcast, uh, Polish journalist Bojan Stanislavski. Thank you for being here with us. Hello. So the reason why we are here today is to discuss the migrant crisis in Poland. More than 3,000 migrants are trying to get into Poland with the intention of reaching Germany. It is suspected that Alexander Lukashenko, Belarus president, is luring migrants into Belarus with the promise that they will get into Poland. The Polish authorities so far reacted harshly. Uh, it, uh, the Polish state declared state of emergency across the border and it deployed more than 12,000 soldiers there in order to secure the area. And Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, said that the border is not just a line on a map. The border is sacred because Polish blood has been spilled for it. Also, Ursula von der Leyen doesn't seem to be more nuanced in her approach. She said that the solution she is advancing is for top EU officials to go in the countries of origins of migrants and to warn them that they will not be getting into Poland and also they would somehow target airlines coming from these countries that transport asylum seekers from the Middle East to Belarus. And um, unfortunately, the response of uh, Germany and its <clears throat> interior minister was that the Poles are doing the right thing and that the Poles are fulfilling a very important service for the whole of Europe. Now, what troubles me here is that what is this service that the Poles are fulfilling actually? Like treating migrants the way they do in a very harsh manner. This is the, the service that they provide. What do you think, Boyan? Well, obviously, this is a service that they provide because the European Union wants that and supports uh, those actions of the Polish government. So here, there is a pure, there's a complete unison, uh, and we're used to, of course, some artificial, I would argue, uh, conflicts between Brussels and Warsaw. But when it comes uh, to uh, critical situations, crucial situations like the one developed unfolding now on the Polish-Belarusian border, there's complete unity. And uh, when it comes to notions uh, like racism, like, uh, you know, uh, Islamophobia, even if you like, uh, like uh, a, a demonstration of strength at the cost of lives or health uh, of, um, of helpless people, like those on the Polish-Belarusian border, then, you know, uh, everybody agrees on those particular European values, if you like. So, uh, yeah, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, you know, she can say whatever she likes, uh, you know, about companies that she's, uh, she says that she's going to influence, uh, airlines, right, in particular, uh, that she's going to influence in order to stop the influx of migrants into Belarus and, and from there to the European Union, to Poland and to Germany and so on and so forth. Well, here's, here's a problem, the, the major problem. You know, those airlines, they operate in a capitalist uh, environment. And in capitalism, you cannot tell a company what to do. Okay, so Ursula von der Leyen 
if she's attempting to tell a company what to do, then she's contradicting her basic uh, ideological standpoints uh, because she is in favor of capitalism, she's in favor of liberal capitalism, she's in favor of globalization, she's in favor of free uh, market uh, and, 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 you know, and movements of capitalism and so on and so forth. So I just don't see how she's going to do that and uh, why, why this ideological shift suddenly. Now, uh, second, the question of Mateusz Morawiecki and him explaining what the border is. Well, you know, what, what, what a border is, children are taught at grade two or three or something like that. So he, we don't, it doesn't take a Polish prime minister to explain it to other adult people what a border is. So this is just a circus and this is uh, something absolutely absurd. Yeah, for me, this is uh, another yet another act of capitulation of Mateusz Morawiecki and the law and justice, which pretend to be, you know, this right-wing conservative strong party that is going to defend Poland is very patriotic and so on and so forth. Well, the, the only thing that they can do is is to, you know, uh, hang around and explain to people that, oh, border is sacred and, and blood has been uh, spilled for, for the for whatever for that border to be protected or and now it is important to spill more blood yeah i guess now it's important. something where you spill blood yeah exactly and and on top of everything they would say that they are securing the polish border i mean is this is just so grotesque like a border where people die is a secure border it's not a secure border it's a very insecure it's a dangerous uh border and on top of everything you know they 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 are flexing their muscles, but it just shows to, in, to, to any person that can see through the uh, propaganda surface, it, it just shows how the Polish state is inept and how the Polish state is unprepared for any critical situations. They've enacted this law, <coughs> uh, emergency state, you know, in, in a stripe of land along the uh, Polish-Belarusian border. And, and what has changed except for one thing, one thing, and I suppose that this is why they actually have enacted that uh emergency state the journalists are not allowed there so yes this you know. is very important yeah, for yeah. us to spill blood but, but yeah. for the journalists not to be able to see how to we see are that. yeah so, so that's that's fantastic i mean you know some, some even have joked that probably uh i don't know a week ago or two weeks ago or whatever this uh no it was sorry it was two months ago not two weeks ago uh two months ago when this uh law when this state of emergency was enacted that probably Jaroslav Kaczynski, the leader of Law and Justice, the currently ruling party, and, and you know the mastermind of the Polish political internal political process, he probably I don't know watched some movie from the Vietnam War or something like this, and he saw that you know it's it's not good when you have journalists with you and they can see and can, and, and and sort of you know uh, show the public opinion how things actually happen in a war, which is uh, a very brutal and a very uh, 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 traumatic experience. Okay, not not only for those who, who participate in that, obviously, but even for those who, who watch this. But then you know they've they've collected fifteen thousand uh, people, uh, fifteen thousand people in uniforms along the border in this tribe of land. Uh, it's like it's the army, it's the military police, it's the regular police, and it's the territorial army, which is just youth with guns who have no idea how to use them even. And and you know I'm really afraid that they would rather shoot themselves if they start uh, playing with guns rather than shoot any enemies, uh, even perceived enemies like those, you know, poor people that are trying to cross the border. So, uh, so you know, those 15,000 people are there and I don't quite see what are they supposed to do because, you know, they are what they are doing is they're putting fences, some kind of fences, you know, barbed wire, razor wire, 
and stuff like that. But then, you know, Lukashenko and, and the border guards on the Belarusian side, they give those people, uh, you know, in, they started giving them instruments to cut that wire and to be able to go through. And then, you know, there are these large groups uh, of people in uniform, all of them masked. I don't quite understand why the Polish border guard and why the Polish military and why the Polish police, why do they have to care, uh, wear masks? I mean, why are they afraid to show their faces to those people? It just quite... And, and, you know, those people, they don't have gas. They don't have, you know, sophisticated weaponry. They just have, you know, shovels and, and, and some scissors to cut the wire that they received from the Belarusians. So this is this is the only thing they have. And on, on the other side, there are those people fully, in, you know, fully geared, okay, in, in those uniforms and those in, with the sophisticated weaponry. And the only thing they can do is basically take out a can of gas and spray people that are trying to cross the border and trying to cut the fence. So, you know, you you don't need 15,000 people to do that. It's enough to get like, I don't know, 10, 20, 100 policemen maybe that would move like back and forth because this is what's happening. I mean, it's not like those people that are 15,000, uh, sorry, those 3,000 migrants. That you mentioned that, by the way, there are other yes. speculations that there are 15,000 or 20,000 migrants. There could be even more. And let us not forget that there are about... Uh, I think the the number was 47, last I heard, 47 uh, flights every month from various uh, points in the Middle East to Grodno, to Minsk, and to other uh, uh, cities and towns in Belarus. So the, the number is obviously growing. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's just absolutely incomprehensible for me. How is this possible that the Polish state is now using the whole of its strength Okay, and still is unable to uh, unable to do anything because those migrants. Okay, some many of them have been stopped, obviously through through violence and through gas, and also through violence, direct violence. I mean, I have seen many videos, and you can find them in the internet if you look for them. Uh, how Polish border guards, how Polish policemen, how Polish military policemen, and how other uh, you, you know people in in uniforms with a Polish flag on that uniform are harassing, brutalizing. People, you know, lying on the ground, beating them, torturing them, doing all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, horrendous things to them with, you know, mothers and children crying. And we're, you know, we're talking about scenes which are absolutely hair raising and gruesome. And, and to me, and I, I, I've stated that a few times already when we spoke about this topic, I'm not a person that has much of an emotional uh, uh, approach to politics. And I actually discourage people from having an emotional approach to politics. But this, what I have seen, this is so gruesome. This is so gut-wrenching. This is, you know, this is something that, and, you know, yesterday I heard, because there was this debate in the special session, special plenary session of the Polish parliament, dedicated to the, to the government bringing information on the situation on the border. And, you know, it's just everybody spoke in unity, including the left, by the way, that the Polish border guards, the Polish policemen, the Polish military, the Pol all of the Polish people in uniform that are there, that they are fantastic people serving the country, doing their best, and all the rest of it. Like, and, and, and how people who are offending them in the internet or wherever, and that's, that's probably me, I, I assume, because I'm against those actions, that how we are the traitors, how we are the you know, scum of the earth, how we are you know, no one, and how we should be prosecuted. So please, oh. I, you know, here I want to make a statement. I I hereby offend with the most vulgar words all the Polish, you, you know, servicemen in the military, in the police, in the military police, and in the territorial army. Please come arrest me and put me on trial. I want to see how much I'm going to get for this. Hereby, again, I offend everyone of those. 
So, you know, th there is no way for a decent but, but this is what happens also when they create this crisis situation. Whenever there is a situation where you don't have to admit that you are no longer obeying any kind of um, law and international law, uh, human rights, nothing. So you create this hysteria and create this rhetorical um, argument that is us versus them. Yeah. And if you criticize the military, you are criticizing us, basically. So they create this type of... Now, let us look a little bit at the border to see what we are exactly where we are now with this. So basically, from Belarus, from uh, that point, they uh, the migrants want to cross, actually, board the Poland. This is interesting. Why are you spilling blood for a border that is not even an end in itself? People want to leave Poland. They just want to cross Poland yeah. and get to Germany, maybe. Germany would have been the one to say, oh, look, the border is sacred. But what about Poland? You know, this is so absurd and <laughs> this is laughable. I mean, you're defending with such big words a border of a territory that the migrants do not want to stay in. Isn't this pathetic? <laughs> I mean, and also, you know, they use this patriotic rhetoric when if you ask the migrants, their goal is not Poland. So what exactly are you defending? Basically? No, they're not defending any... Well, they're defending something. They're probably defending the Polish border. And like, I don't know to what ex extent is this is cynicism and, and, you know, political PR that they're trying to uh, uh, put in place here or, or uh, to what extent is it that they really believe they have to do that? It's, it's very difficult, you know, at sometimes to sort of figure it out. When it comes to abortion, for example, and we spoke about that two weeks ago, then I'm... I'm you know, it's clear for me that it's just pure cynicism and misogyny. And, and they just hate women and they just want to do things, at, you know, score political points at the expense of lives and, and, and health of the Polish women. But here, you know, obviously they do want to score some political points. And I think it's very appealing for to their base because the, 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 the hardcore base of the, of the law and justice is definitely the most frustrated and most... Uh, morally lumpenized part of the Polish uh, uh, of the Polish peasantry and of the Polish working class. So we're talking about people who have been frustrated to the extent uh, that you know what what is appealing to them is demonstration of violence and other kind of primitive uh, uh, primitive and violent behavior. And uh, of course, this is a general cultural and I would say political and social problem in the Polish society, which of course uh, is 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 speaks to uh, the dy the dynamics uh, that were produced in the Polish society by the so-called transition, uh, in other words, restoration uh, of capitalism. But that's that's a different show. So yeah, I mean, of course, this th this sort of behavior does appeal to a certain extent to some people, but then you know, the, why does it? Why is it really appealing? Well, it's, it's appealing because there is no rational reasoning in it. Like there's just, you know, and this is what we have been accustomed to by law and justice and by other political parties, by the way, as well, is that, you know, there is law and justice, the church of law and justice in the society and the church of the democratic opposition. And those churches, they only have their dogmas and their axiomas. And, and that's it. Like, you know, you don't discuss them. It's like, it's, it, that, that's why I, I refer to them as, as churches. And uh, 
uh, one one such dogma is that whatever law and justice does is always bad, like it's on the part of the opposition. And yeah, dogma is whatever the opposition does is always uh, bad because it's Germany or Brussels or someone else telling them to do that, maybe Russia even, you know, re- re- uh, re- depending on what the, the, the concrete and specific situation is. But here, suddenly, they are in unison again. Like, you know, I mean, again, it happens every once in a while that they are in unison, particularly when it comes to Russia uh, or, or, or like the, the kind of submissive attitude to America. Or, or, or NATO and, and so, so on and so forth, then, then there is no problem, okay? I mean, they always act in, in, a, in a very united and a very unified manner. And here the same. Yesterday, I told you there was this special plenary session of the Polish parliament because on, the, on November 8th, there were, uh, there were, you know, more migrants, like uh, a couple of hundred maybe, because usually it's like small groups, 10, 15 people, one family, two families trying to cross the border here and there. And the border is just forests. It's like, it's, it's a huge wood. There, there is no like, you know, a, a river or a specific, uh, a specific natural boundary, okay, that would uh, divide the two countries, Poland and Belarus. So they just, you know, some, sometimes those families, they don't know where to go. They don't know where the west is, where the east is, where north or south, because they, they're not equipped properly. So they just uh, hang around in those forests for weeks, not knowing whether they're on the Polish side or, or the Belarusian side. And they're kicked by both, by the Polish border guards and by the Belarusian uh, border guards. And this is this is a full, total, absolute, you know, tragedy of those people. And so many have died already. And we don't know how many because, you know, the journalists are not allowed to do their job on the Polish side. Some journalists that are allowed by the, by Lukashenko to go there. And, you know, Lukashenko is very selective. So you can you can, yeah. you can trust that those people that are allowed to go there and make reports from on the ground on the Belarusian <laughs> side, that they are going to produce narratives which are favorable for Lukashenko. And yesterday, I hear in the Polish parliament how one of the most important weapons of the Belarusian regime is misinformation, is disinformation we have to combat. It. Well, how about you let journalists doing their job. This is the way to combat misinformation, you know. Otherwise, it's 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 like we have to rely either on the uh, on what they refer to as this brutal, harsh, terrible, terroristic regime in, in Minsk and and their narratives, or we have to rely on the narratives of the Polish government. And sorry, Polish government a couple of weeks ago has shown uh, in in this framework, in, in, in you know, as if they were reporting from on the ground, as if, as if they are reporting from this stripe of land where the. The, the emergency state is enacted. They, they they they've shown bestiality, okay, on on the during their their conference, during their press conference, and it was like news, major news all around the world, really, that the Polish government has lost their mind, and they have claimed that they have found a, a mobile phone, a memory card, or something like that, uh, which allegedly they they've alleged uh, that it be, it belonged to some migrant, and and there were some. Uh, some some gruesome pictures or or, or video clips on that uh, memory card or mobile phone that they they have found. So really, so this is the the reason because I can think of a number of men that have quite a quite disturbing pictures on their phones. Oh yeah, absolutely. But look, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that Polish government is not like no one takes it seriously except maybe for some part of their base that is of, of law and justice. I mean, no one looking at it who has like a pinch of sanity in their head will know that this is pure nonsense and complete and utter, uh, you know, uh, like collective loss of mind. Because look, we're talking about maybe two or 3,000 people. Some some claim that it's going to be more. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the future, if in the future there, there is more. 
But look, uh, it's what fifteen thousand people? Uh, uh, no, sorry, uh, three thousand people. Let's assume. Let's assume that this is not three thousand for the sake of, of of argument. Okay, it's not three thousand, but it's much more. It's ten thousand people. Okay, and ten thousand migrants. They present such a dangerous uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, phenomenon. They, they they are so dangerous for for, for the Polish for Poland. Uh, and, and Poland cannot accept them, and Poland cannot do anything. Poland has to push them back, has to, uh, you know, starve them or, 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 or freeze them to death in those woods and, and stuff like that. But why? Why really? Because it's 10,000. And then, you know, when you're a rational person, when you're a rational person, what do you do? You go and check how many migrants has Poland accepted, for example, last year. And I want to show this. Okay, to our readers, uh, viewers, sorry, because I think it's very important so that everyone knows I'm not making it up. Like to claim that 12 or 15 or 10 or 5,000 people from Iraq and Syria or Afghanistan or wherever they come from there or on the Polish border poses any threat or even difference whatsoever, even remotely, is an absolutely absurd claim. And here is why. This is because, and I'm going to show you now, uh, I'm going to show you the website of the Polish Statistical National Statistical Institute. And this is the data for this year, okay, up until now, for this year. Can you see that, Maria? Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, we yes. can see that. Okay. So it's 2021. You can see that here, hopefully. Yes, the total yes. amount of migrants accepted in Poland is 137,671. 80,280 of which have received temporary residence. 32,786 have received permanent residence. 16,396 have registered a residence of an EU citizen. 6,209 EU have uh, EU long-term resident stay and 2,000 have other status. So in those circumstances, sorry, to claim that it makes any difference whatsoever to accept two, three, four, or 15,000 people is just an absolute and utter and down straight, down, uh, straightforward lie. That's what it is, okay? So uh, this thing is absolutely unnecessary. And this is like the, the thing that they're doing on the on the border, the Polish, the collection of the army, uh, the deployment of the police, of the military police, of the territorial army, and who knows who, uh, what more. And, you know, all the helicopters and stuff like that. This is also draining them financially. And uh, it's, draining it's, very them important for them financially. it's draining them politically. Yes, it's very important for the viewers to understand that you think, oh, they deploy well, like... Uh, 12,000 soldiers and they have also border police, a couple of thousand. Well, this, those people have to stay somewhere. They yeah. have to eat. Okay. They have to go to the restroom. They, <laughs> they are not robots and yeah. it costs a lot to keep them there. It, I think it costs like 10, 10 times more than accepting the migrants and treating them humanely. Absolutely. This is the, the insanity of the whole situation. Yes. Uh, and besides that, I would say, 
how is Lukashenko able to lure these people? Because also this this uh, infantilizes these people. It is like they are so you know detached from reality that uh, Lukashenko is somehow able with his magic powers to convince the, those people to come their house. How is this? dynamic playing out. I mean, I, I don't understand. Well, of course, Look, I, I, so capable of convincing thousands of people to to put themselves in such dire situation. So well, is not able, I'm sure Lukashenko is not able to to sort of deceive them in any concrete and specific manner that, you know, Lukashenko, I don't know, uh, puts uh, deceiving uh, messages on, I don't know, Twitter account or Facebook account <laughs> or somewhere. Those people read them and they feel like, oh, Lukashenko is going to help me. He's my savior. So I will just get a, on a plane to Belarus. And from there, Lukashenko is going to make it like, you know, roll out a red carpet for me uh, to get to Poland or Germany or wherever you want to go. So, uh, no, of course, it's not that way. I think what Lukashenko is doing is enabling this. I mean, there are so many people in Iraq and Syria because, you know, people people have a limited knowledge, okay, and a short memory uh, about certain things. Like, for example, the devastating war in Syria. And Syria is now an extremely poor country and the part of the country where... Uh, the, the province called Idlib, it's still a jihadi paradise, okay, until today. So uh, there are people that want to flee from there, and there are people who want to flee from Syrian province because of the of the general poverty, which is produced by the Western sanctions, okay? So this is, uh, many people will go, many people will take any opportunity. They know that they are, that they will not probably be going through Turkey anymore because uh, Erdogan is not making any symptoms of, uh, like he doesn't want to probably do that again. So he's probably even helping, I would guess that he's probably even helping uh, because there are flights from uh, Istanbul and there are flights from other Turkish towns which are operated by Belavia and by Ayaroflot to, uh, to Belarus. So probably he's helping out, okay? He doesn't want to do the same thing. He doesn't want, uh, you know, those uh, uh, those great amounts of, of uh, refugees or, or migrants going through, uh, through Turkey and attempting to cross the border to the European Union with Greece. Uh, from you know from Turkey, so uh, this is this is the, the, the that's the answer to your question. They're enabling it, but I don't think that they are you know necessarily telling the and even the that they are don't the, I don't believe those people actually buy that that they're going to fix them with this you know they're going to fix the travel safe travel to the European Union. I don't think anyone's saying that, but maybe even if they do, I don't believe those people are actually buying that because many people still, you know, particularly in those countries, in Iraq, Syria, and so on and so forth, they remember what it was like in 2015, okay? And how many of them have died on the road, how many of them have drowned in the boats, how many of them have been, you know, abused and tortured in, uh, by, by the border guards of, of the various countries they had to part, pass through. So uh, I think that they're just hoping to get anywhere. And I believe that there are places in Iraq, which is largely a failed state, thanks to American, uh, two American, consecutive American invasions, uh, that, you know, for them, they really don't have anything to lose. That's why, you know, they are gathered, they are a perfect tool, so to say. I hate to use that because those people are not a tool. They are live people. But they are weaponized in a perfect manner by Lukashenko because they know, Lukashenko knows that they, they are not going to be coming back from that border. Like, in a way, they're not going to give up. They're just going to go even if they, at the cost of being shot because they've got nothing to lose. They're just going to go there. They've given the, their last pennies probably to uh, to travel to Belarus and they just want to go anywhere. And they are they are really, really ready to do everything. And on those clips that I mentioned earlier, you can see how, you know, the Polish border guards, uh, they try to use gas on them or they try to, you know, beat them with batons and, and, and stuff like that. And they don't care. 
they just do their job. They cut the fans and they try to uh, pull it apart. And it's only because, uh, you know, the, the presence of the police was so massive that they were not able to break through the cordons, okay, of the, of the police, of the, of the people. So that they were not able to do. That's why this, this great march, so to say, uh, of the 8th of uh, uh, November didn't really work. But, you know, this is like, okay, the Polish military has uh, kind of won the battle, but it, <laughs> I don't believe that they're going to be able to win the war because let's imagine they're going to have 50,000 people. What are you going to do? They're going to have to shoot at them. Otherwise, I don't, just don't quite see, because Lukashenko is going to give them all the equipment that they need and uh, in order to cut the fence and go through the fence and so on and so forth. And they are not going to be able to, to build a wall like, you know, they, have, they are in their Trump moment. They're going to, they want to build a wall and that's going to be great. As if the wall cannot be somehow... You know, uh, damaged, uh, yeah, or torn down, or whatever. So yeah, they, they're hoping all these th things are going to happen, and and you know, it really makes no sense. And what is most important here? What is most important here? Because they hate Lukashenko, they hate Putin, and they 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 of course yesterday's plenary session, by the way, of the parliament was nothing else was an act of absolute and utter abdication of the Polish powers uh, of the, and of the Polish parliament, uh, parliament and the Polish parties, because none of them has offered, none of them have offered anything, any kind of uh, solution to this. All of them have only, uh, uh, this was, this was a kind of a festival of, of anti-Belarusian, anti-Lukashenko uh, 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 opinions. That, that's what it was. Like everybody started and ended their speech with how bad and terrible this regime and Lukashenko. And yeah, he's a terrible guy. I mean, I'm not going to defend him. He's not really, you know, the hero of my story. But uh, one thing that they avoid, uh, they conveniently skip, is, is they forget to say, why is this happening? Because yes, exactly. Because, you know, as bad as Lukashenko might be, and he is a terrible person. We discussed yeah. him extensively on our shows. Um, he doesn't have much political vision. He's kind of a brutal person with a very limited perspective on politics. We discussed this a couple of times. And he also takes these very harsh measures against uh, opponents. Okay, we know that. But why is this that exactly now he's targeting Poland and other Baltic states that did something to him because yeah. he, he's not doing that. He, he did not just wake up one morning and said to himself, oh, today I'm going to do something to hurt Poland and to show the world what hypocrites they are to say to me that I do not obey human rights and I'm going to do something to expose them just like that no it was not like that and we have to decide when does history starts because it doesn't right. start with uh, this i i just want to i just want to uh want to add here that perhaps just perhaps and i i imagine it's perfectly possible that it did happen the way you said it wouldn't like he might have just woken up one day <laughs> and said that ah, today i'm gonna do this uh because most of the because this is pretty much how the political process happens in Belarus. And by the way, this is also pretty much how the political process happens in Poland. The president of the Law and Justice Party, the one currently ruling in Poland, uh, the one Jaroslav Kaczynski, he just wakes up in the morning, starts shaving, looks at the mirror, and he has an idea suddenly. And this idea becomes part of the inherent part of the Polish internal political process. And I feel that the same is in Belarus even, even more. Uh, so I think that's possible. But the question is, what gave him that idea? What inspired him to do, uh, have this idea early in the morning after, uh, uh, you know, after a long night's sleep? So, you know, 
I think Lukashenko has had enough. Uh, last year, uh, they 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 tried to overthrow him, and they by by saying they, I refer to what the Russians like to say, the collective West, which is like I don't want to go into into the details how much of of, of the preparation of of his overthrow was was uh, the work of uh, the Americans, how much of it was the work of the of various EU countries. It doesn't matter. Uh, they try. They tried to. They've attempted to overthrow him, and there are also rumors, which I find the more I read about it, the more convincing it appears to me. Because at, the, at first I thought it just his extravagance, like Lukashenko's uh, lunacy, uh, that there was an attempt to take his life. There was like there were plans to assassinate him, actually him and his family. Uh, and uh, I think he has had enough. Uh, also, they have they have sanctioned him to to uh, to the largest possible extent. I don't know. There's another set of sanctions now being prepared against Belarus. The fifth set of sanctions. I don't I don't quite understand what else are they going to sanction there. <laughs> and uh, by the way, the Polish left has complained that oh, you know, this brutal dictator has to be sanctioned. And uh, you know, all all those people who still who are still on the who are, who. Who, who tried to empathize with the fate of those uh, on the border, you know, trapped between the Pol- Poland and Belarus right now, they say that, oh, no, we have to receive them, we have to help them, we have to be humanitarian, but at the same time, we have to crush Belarus, we have to sanction them to death, and so on and so forth. So they just want to display humanitarian attitude towards those people who are in direct need in the woods, but otherwise, they are perfectly okay with the Belarusian people, those that live in Belarus, which are m- many more, millions of people, many more than those three or four or five of 10,000 uh, on the Polish border, it's okay to, to starve them to death with sanctions. That's fine. I would okay? add here, yeah. uh, uh, sorry for interjecting, I sure. find this one of the most problematic aspects of the leftist politics recently. First of all, they are completely uneducated in terms of international relations. Second, their declarations are just the ones that probably the secret services and the military PR agency would just issue in the press. I mean, it's a starkening resembles between what the state and the military apparatus would like and what the left is saying, basically. The European Union is perfect. NATO is perfect. Uh, we only have dictators that it is okay to crush and sanction. This is it, they are following the exact lines the that are uh, produced in the media by the state apparatus and by the military and so on and so forth. So completely uneducated. For, uh, second of all, completely obedient to this type of rhetoric, and the third very knowledgeable of other parts. I mean, they have very detailed debates on how to distinguish. I don't say this is wrong, okay, because I don't want to be canceled here or misinterpreted. So I don't say this is wrong. This is an observation. They have thousands, you know, of uh, posts and shares on how to distinguish between a transsexual and a transgender person. But when it comes to international politics, they're completely illiterate. They don't know, or at least even if they know these things, they do not show it. They act like five years old children. I mean, no education, no knowledge of recent history, nothing. They are just repeating the mantras that are provided by the government. And I find this very, very problematic. 
Yes, I find this very problematic. We've spoken about that many times, and I don't want to go into this because we would have to speak probably for another hour in order to reach some conclusions and to let some steam off because it's so frustrating for both of us. But I also want to. But, but I want to say this: in this concrete and specific context, the Polish left, the Polish left has exactly offered zero, nothing, no solution. It's uh, the, the only thing they said is that uh, yesterday during the debate and before that, I watched a special press conference live on YouTube and everything. So I watched a special press conference, that was a couple of days ago before this plenary session, and they said that they demand that the president uh, calls a meeting, calls a kind of an extraordinary meeting of, of an institution that's called the National Security Council. Like the National Security Council, like by the name of it, you can all, more, more or less get a sense of what they're dealing with. And it's important, allegedly, that's what the left here claims, uh, to have this meeting of the Security Council because all the political formations should act in unison in this in this concrete and specific uh, uh, you know circumstances when you know Poland is endangered by the actions of the evil you know devil Lukashenko and uh, you know yesterday during the parliamentary session the first thing that the law and justice said or uh, the prime minister stated that by the way he opened the session he said that exactly the same thing that we should act in unison that there should be no political differences political difference should be away and the left buying that you stupid people like this is exactly when you should act politically and when you should display all your political potential because it's exactly now when you should have something to offer those morons those absolutely brainless you know pawns that are, uh, you know, the members of parliament uh, on the Polish left and activists who support them. This is like, this is such, such... But they are not... Such a, a capitulation. I mean, if you look at their background, I I'm, I bet that no, no, some of them, them are, do not have degrees in international relations, economics. No, some, some of them do have degrees and some of them do understand because I know them personally. I mean, you know, the Polish left is not so So big, why is can... that? This is even more troubling. Okay, let, let me, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. But before, before, that, before uh, that happens, I want to speak a little more about the political context here because the Polish left, what, what, they, should have, what they should have done, and I, I'm saying that I think for the third and fourth time, what they should have done is they should have explained this what i'm explaining now which is 10 or 5 or 6000 migrants is no problem for us we can receive them and you know one fourth of the money that poland has invested in this deployment of troops and so on and so forth would have would have sufficed to bring there some containers uh, where people would receive medical help where people would receive uh, you know uh, uh, some some basic uh, uh, help Aid, like they would have a place to sleep, maybe they would, and, and all the asylum seekers would be serviced there. Their documents would be received. You know, it, it's it's a matter of I don't know, 100, 300, 500, 1,000 containers. Okay, that you need to bring, which would be much easier than deploying all the troops and putting them there. And I want to say it's a very important thing because everybody explained in the parliament, including the Polish left, explained how we are doing everything against. Uh, no, we are doing every, like the whole effort is to d demonstrate to Lukashenko that we're not going to play ball with him, that we're not going to, you know, we're not going to act the way he expects us to act. And you are and doing are exactly that, guys. Him. You're doing exactly that. You're being drained morally. You're being drained financially. You're being stressed politically. This is what he wanted to do. He's sitting there eating popcorn and champagne and drinking champagne because you are acting exactly the way 
he expected you will. And you know why is that? Because the Polish political class is a bunch of primitive idiots. That's what it is. And everyone who had any close uh, uh, relations with any major representative of the Polish political class after 1989 is going to tell you that. That with the Polish political class, if you want to uh, make them do something, if you want to have them do something for you or on your behalf, at your behest, you go there, you don't even pay them, you don't bribe them, you just tap them on the arm and you say, oh, oh you are a great nation with a fantastic history. You are the most important nation of Europe and you are so great. Please go ahead and do this. And they, they just go ahead and do that, you know, for the tip or for the tap on the arm, uh, for the tip that you're going to potentially offer to them, like in the case of the secret CIA prisons. They just gave the Polish, you know, that's what the investigation has revealed. They gave the Polish back then $15 million for the, for the entire operation. $15 million! Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like one plastic bag of money. That's what it is. They gave them 15 and we don't even know who received that, let alone if anyone paid tax. But, you know, this is just, uh, this, is the, this is the situation. And, and because Lukashenko, whatever you want to tell, whatever you want to, however you want to describe him morally, ethically, and so on, and he's all those things like brutal dictator and so on and so forth. But he's smarter than the entire Polish political class. And the Polish political class is so, so, I mean, those low lives, okay, they are so predictable, okay, to anyone that you can, you can play with them the way you want. And, and you can use any instrument, even the most cynical, in a most cynical manner like Lukashenko is doing right now, and they're going to play exactly what, uh, they're going to play the way so you frustrating. Want to. They claim to be so patriotic, but at the same time, they are just playing and doing exactly what they are supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, I think Lukashenko would have been so shocked to see that the migrants are you know, kept there in humane conditions and the Polish authorities actually no problem. would have been, you know, uh, I mean, he would have been put, uh, you know, in a very difficult position, but uh, now it's exactly what he wants. And I think the only way out would have been to have a discussion with him, actually. Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for saying that, But because there are two ways here. Uh, one is, and I'm, I'm going to elaborate on that in a minute, but... <clears throat> I also want to say uh, that the left, what, what the left should have done is should have offered to receive those people and should have also of, uh, should have suggested that Poland, while receiving the first wave uh, of people uh, crossing the border illegally, while receiving them, should be discussing with the European Union, particularly with Germany, which is the place where most of them probably want to go, uh, should uh, discuss with them to for Germany to receive many of those migrants or to facilitate a mechanism like they used to, uh, they used to press everyone to accept, you know, uh, quotas of refugees or, 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 or migrants, whatever. <clears throat> and then, you know, Poland would be able to also leverage the European Union with this. And they would, they would go like, look, go and do something right now, because if you won't, then we're going to receive those people and we're going to put them on trains, on trucks, on buses, and we're going to, you know, drive them straight to your uh, to the German border, and from then on, they're going to be your problem. And you know, I don't like regardless of the morality of this uh, thing, but at least it's much more moral than what is what is happening right now, because those people wouldn't be starving or freezing to death. They would be uh, fed, and they would be they, they would have clean clothes, and they would have undergone medical uh, uh, checkup, and they would have, uh, and many of them probably would have applied for asylum or whatever, uh, other status. So that would have been much more humanitarian. 
and much more moral than what is happening right now. And it would be politically much more wiser. But as I said, the Polish political class, and I say that responsibly, and I don't use that word lightly, are idiots. They are brainless people who have no idea of politics. They only are able to, po- to, to, uh, uh, to, you know, to, uh, to posture uh, and, and pretend that they are morally better than the others. So uh, that's one thing. And second thing, of course, of course, that would be a very wise move, I suppose. And I think it would be a very wise move in general in terms of Polish international politics, because Belarus, up until last year, was a country that Poland had no major conflict with, even historically speaking. Like, you know, the Germans have killed Polish during the Second World War and have killed their Jews and so on and so forth. The Soviet Union, you know, did certain uh, human right abuses and, and so on and so forth, or enforced some human right abuses and, and, and regimes in the 40s uh, and, and early 50s. Uh, then, uh, you know, uh, there were there are historical conflicts with Sweden, which is through uh, the Baltic Sea at the north, uh, you know, of Poland. Uh, then, uh, you know, the question of the, of the conflict, uh, uh, of the territorial conflict from the 20s with, uh, in the 30s with Czechoslovakia, with now Czech Republic and Slovakia, you know. So, <clears throat> look, there and, and Belarus, uh, Belarus has nothing like this, okay? Oh, and Ukraine, I forgot about Ukraine and the Volinia uh, events of 1943 or 41, sorry, uh, the beginning of the 40s, uh, and, and the, the kind of genocide of the Polish people there. So, so Belarus is the only kind of, you know, historically in all other terms a friendly nation to the Polish. I mean, they have no differences, really. And th- there is no premise for them to have arguments. But in the early uh, 2000s, of course, the Polish minority in uh, Belarus, which is a large one, was ignited, okay, on political demand to act against Lukashenko, okay? And that's when the problem started to begin. Uh, and now, of course, all those people, okay, during uh, the, the chairman of the Polish organizations in Belarus, during the last year's protest, they have been arrested and put in jail. So now the Poland has no uh, influence in Belarus, no even, uh, not even any control of their own uh, population there, not even any, any kind of contact with their own population there, because those uh, Polish organizations there are dysfunctional completely. So, uh, you know, th- this is how it started, and this is how it has been increasing, like this conflict artificially pumped up conflict when Poland was flexing its muscles against Belarus at the behest of, of the West. Now, uh, if they wanted to prevent that before it all happened, and let's assume for the mm, sake uh, of the discussion that there are some meaningful intelligence services in Poland, then I think they should have known that before that this kind of operation is being prepared. Okay, they should have known ahead of time. What should have happened is someone should have been sent from Poland to Minsk to speak directly to Lukashenko and to go like, Okay, we know it was stupid. We we did try to overthrow you, and we now see that we cannot overthrow you, and we want to change. We're not going to harass you anymore. Here is some presents from us. Could you please at least limit the influx of migrants because we just can't take them? You know that would be that would be a smart way to go. But of course, for Pol for, for a Polish politician, anything which is smart and rational makes no sense. What is important for them is to posture, uh, you know, against Lukashenko, whom they hate. They hate his guts, you know, because he's particularly now because he, you know, he has the nerve, right, to actually put pressure on Poland, and Poland is sacred, and the border, the blood has been spilled for the border. This is what means. This is what's appealing to Polish politicians. They are just 
zeros, like absolute political zeros. They are no ones. And this is probably the, the most pitiful moment of in, 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 in the modern Polish history when such absolutely inept and stupid, ignorant people are at the head are the head of the nation. This is an utter plight of the Polish statehood. And on that very uh, optimistic note, <laughs> we will end this segment of our show. I would say that definitely everywhere we look, we find very inept politicians and it has structural causes because the structure and the hierarchy of the elites changed. You have the military elite that is more important than the political one. You have, of course, the financial and economic elites that are more important. And unfortunately, the political elites, the only ones that are are our representatives and that we can choose are becoming more and more inept as Boyan uh, showed uh, during his interventions on this segment of our show. I think uh, it is very important to take a very close look at what is happening uh, with Belarus and to stop thinking in tribal terms, us versus them, uh, to and for the left to overcome this very teenagers perspective when you have a bad guy that I don't want to go to the party with and I don't want to negotiate with him because he's so bad because this is not the way to solve problems in international politics and in politics in general where this kind of thing of morale doesn't work. You have to start negotiating. You have to see interests. You have to discuss power interests and, 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 and sorry to interrupt, that. but you also have to be aware of your own capacity because I because exactly. you know, Poland this is, is paying its price. Important. Poland is paying its price for pretending that they are an empire, and you can you you know you, you, know, you, can, you can try and meddle. You know, I'm against that, but I understand that you can try and meddle in other countries' affairs, but only under the condition that you can actually you know uh, take things to their end. Not like you know we're going to meddle, we're going to make a mess, and then you know we're going to say we're great. Well, okay, you did that, and now you're paying the price for it. This is the bill. And yeah, this is also only the beginning, I would say, yeah. because things are going to go from bad to worse. And the only good thing is that, is that we are going to be here trying to make some sense out of this mess and trying to provide useful information and analysis. Thank you very much for watching and stay healthy. Keep fighting. Help us. Go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the barricade. This is where you can become our supporters. Now, thank you very much. And I'll see you in our next show. Bye. Thank you.